I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> Dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. This is the show where we invite a mum and a dad into the studio to give us our take on the week that was. And we choose our parents very carefully. They must be wise and experienced. Today we have Kate Brown, managing editor at finder.com.au. Kate is a mum of two girls. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hello. Good, thank you. No pressure about the wise and experienced. <laughs> but yeah. it's on you too. And Martin Henschen, who is a comedian and radio presenter, he is a dad to three children, seven, five, and two. That is two boys and a girl. Hello. Yes. Hey, how are you going? It's great. I just, wow. Two, five, and seven. Great names. Yeah, they are good. Well, you've got Hazel, Ned, and Fergus. Oh, cute. I love those names. Mm. Ned strikes me as a name though, Martin, that is um, predestined to have a cheeky child. I think so, yeah. I basically <laughs> looked in the mirror at my own beard and thought of my own heritage and thought, that's a perfect name for that child. If you cannot say, but Martin has a very, impress- a very impressive Ned Kelly beard. Mm. It could go Kelly. It could mm. go Kelly for sure. Totally. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's so much to talk about with the beard. But let's move on. Um, our topics today are, are women still being shamed for having caesareans? Are Disney fairy tales dangerously sexist or just harmless make-believe? And Grandparents' Day is this weekend, so we're asking for your best grandparent memories. First up, though, we're talking about the best kid's birthday party you've been to or thrown. Okay, four-year-old boy, little Perth boy, has been thrown the ultimate birthday party. Carter Stingers likes going to Bunnings with his dad. So for his birthday, Carter's family dressed him up like a hardware store worker, made the party look just like a Bunnings store, complete with the obvious sausage sizzle, all the condiments. (laughs) This is setting a new standard for the kids' birthday party. I've got to say that presenter does not sound as excited as she should be um, because this week there was a story about a little boy whose mum decided to give him a Bunnings party. There was everything there. There was a garden centre, a sausage sizzle, painting workshop, workshops, and he was in seventh heaven. I think this is a spectacular idea for a party. Um, what is the most awesome birthday party you've been to? Or maybe you've thrown it yourself. Martin, feel free to brag if if you have yourself thrown a party. But tell us, what's your best experience? Well, I think uh, in the beginning with the young kids, uh, before they realise what's going on, uh, basically, uh, I think all you need is a grassy slope, uh, <laughs> some party hats, uh, some candles, a cake, and just let it roll. And they have a great time doing that. Uh, that's what we did. You for- literally rolled them down the hill. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can't stand. There's only one way. You just collect them all at the bottom of the hill at the end of the party. Bring down the cake, maybe wheel down the cake. I don't know. That's what we did in the beginning. But recently Mm. we've discovered this uh, this great thing in Wollongong. It's the um, Illawarra steamers. And it's these really tiny trains, little steam trains, Uh that go around a little circuit of about uh, 500 metres. And there's all these old guys who run the whole thing and they're sitting on driving the trains and everyone's just straddling the train. And it's so much fun. It is so much fun. I've got my 40th birthday coming up next week. (laughs) And uh, yeah, off to the steamers. You're going to go and... Is it just, are you, going to, are you got mates that you think are going to enjoy that No, experience? I'm going myself. Just on your own? Yeah, yeah. No kids. <laughs> nothing. Just me. 
Awesome. I wish I had a thought about that for my 40th. Um, Kate, have, what's your experience with birthday parties? Yeah, look, unlike Martin, we went out really hard when they were really little, which was really dumb um, because they didn't really know the difference. But uh, my first daughter's first birthday uh, was so epic, mostly for the adults. Um, a friend of mine fell off the, the veranda of my house as she was leaving. <laughs> oh, no. And someone else rang me the next day and said that someone at her work had said, what did you do on the weekend? She goes, I went to this awesome party. Oh, yeah, it was for a one-year-old, but um, <laughs> um, one proud moment. But uh, we threw an epic Harry Potter party for my oldest when she was 10 and partly driven by the fact I'm obsessed with Harry Potter as well. And we bought so many flameless candles. We made magic potions. Uh, we had a sorting hat. We sorted everyone into the houses. I dressed up. My husband dressed up. We're a massive daggy family of dress-up people. What I hadn't counted on is my daughter's birthday is in June. It was freezing cold. It was pouring with rain. We had a very tiny little cottage and we had 24 children coming over. <laughs> we had to push all the furniture against the walls, take anything breakable and shove it all in one room and shut the door and just let it rip. But I've got a photo, it still haunts me, of just <laughs> this endless sea of children crammed into my lounge room all, all wearing witches' hats and they all had wands and it was epic, but I needed to lie down for about four weeks afterwards. <laughs> That's the problem with birthday parties. You want to make a good one. There is so much stress involved. Yeah, I, I think, the, I think the best thing to do is get away from your own house. And then you don't have to clean up afterwards. Is the We're all coming to it Wollongong. It took me eight years to learn that one. Be, I'm I'll a be, slow learner. I'll be leaving Wollongong that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, birthday party's there. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to the Parent Panel, where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by Kate Brown, Managing Editor at finder.com.au, and comedian and radio presenter Martin Henshin. Up next, are women still being shamed for having caesareans? My body, my rules. All right, how much does childbirth hurt? I thought I was a C-section or your Wonder Woman. An article in The Lancet recently reported that global cesarean rates... Wow, that baby just won't shut up. It just keeps coming in. Is it, local, uh, the global cesarean rate is up to 21%, which was regarded as alarming. The World Health Organization says that a safe cesarean rate for mothers is, and children is around 10 to 15%. Writer Angela Mollard took exception to this study, saying she's tired of hearing women about women being too posh to push. And that was her experience anyway. She needed a cesarean. It was life-saving for her. And she thinks that's what um, people are missing when they point out the rise in cesareans. She thinks they miss, people miss the fact that many cesareans save lives. Kate, are you on board with Angela? Are women still being shamed for having life-saving caesars? Or are the rates of cesareans... Um, indicative of something else? Uh, it's a really tricky question, but like women shouldn't be shamed no matter how they give birth. Uh, every birth is different. Every baby is different. If you've been with someone giving birth or you've given birth, you'd know it's a surprise every time. You don't know what's going to happen. It can be really scary as well. Um, I had uh, an emergency cesarean first time around, which was pretty full on and very traumatic. Um, with my second child, I was told it would go the same way. I had an elective caesarean. Um, I didn't 
beat myself up about that because it was kind of life or death. But even with the second child, I, that, that, first, um, that first experience scarred me so badly. I had postnatal depression. It was a disaster. And, and frankly, the second time around, that, that, that was a, that was a, um, a you know, pre, or, I don't know, a planned cesarean. That's what I'm looking for. Slightly emergency because uh, no one told my baby she could turn up before the planned cesarean. But I still had a cesarean <laughs> and I was only in labor for a few hours. And for me, that was a much better experience. I bonded much better with my baby. Feeding was easier. I felt better. I felt less traumatized. I think anyone that throws these words out just doesn't know what they're talking about. It's, you can't control this stuff. You just, like, as Angela said, you want everyone to get out alive. And do you, have you ever found that there is some shaming around it? You know, like people, I've, I've spoken to women who have had cesareans who said they felt like they missed out on the opportunity of having a natural labor and someone who's had a natural labor. I'm like, Hmm. Not sure how much you missed out on there. And I don't want to be patronizing about it, but there mm. seems to be this idea that one kind of birth is better than another. Mm. Um, did you find, have you ever found people making comments like that about your own experience? I have. I, I literally had a guy um, who was doing some photography work at a gig I had a while ago. He asked me how I had given birth to my baby, and then he kind of announced in general women are just too posh to push and it's an easy option. Who is this man? Oh, yeah. I what? killed him what? and buried him. No. Um, On behalf of men, I apologise. <laughs> Thank you. The man. irony is he, his own partner had a child a year later and, oh, oh she had to have a cesarean, but it was different. Yeah. So, you know what? I think unless you're in the birthing suite. What a douchebag, Don't bag, say. Though. And women, don't beat yourself up. It's like, you know. It's it's like the feeding debate. It's like just do what works for you and your baby and exactly. I want to find life. this douchebag though. Sorry, I'm taking I'm taking a personal <laughs> affront to that. You're going comment. all vigilante. I like yeah. it. Martin, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, like yourself, uh, our first child came by emer- emergency cesarean. So, um, yeah, I guess first and foremost that saved both of their lives. Um, it was a pretty amazing experience that emergency cesarean in like as a as a procedure uh, there was a trainee obstetrician there uh, which meant that my wife was able to have a local anesthetic and I was able to be in the operating theater with her and also that she was able to be um, to have skin to skin straight after the uh, procedure um, but yes there was obviously the big risk that the second time was going to be the same thing again and my wife she went through postnatal depression after that as well and she was really traumatized and she was breastfeeding uh, having big trouble with her nipples. So she's got two scars kind of healing at the same time. So for the first 10, 12 weeks was absolute torture for the three of us. Like the baby couldn't feed properly. My wife was in agony and I couldn't really do anything except be there. Um, and then the second and third time with the boys, uh, luckily had V-backs because uh, my wife was really, she was really upset and she wanted to, to have a, a vaginal birth, uh, which she did. And comparatively after that, after the birth, the first uh, 10 weeks, like I said, were awful in for Hazel. Uh, but for the two boys, it was bliss. It was absolute bliss around the house. And Big difference. It was a massive difference. So I think if you're... There's lots of good reasons to have an elective caesarean. Um, it's such a massive spectrum of reasons you can have for that. But definitely talk to people who've had one before. Um, make sure your reasons are, are good. And I, I think the, for me, what's interesting about it is it's... There seems to be a divide between natural birth and when there is medical intervention. And f- standing in the, the middle, I, I had two natural births, but um, 
standing in the middle looking at both sides, it feels like the argument is too far divided to be helpful for the people going through it Mm -hmm. because Mm. medical intervention Mm -hmm. has its own place. But also um, with the raising right of the caesareans, there are people who are like, well, some women aren't given the option to have a natural birth. Some women go to obstetricians and are told this is the best way to give you give birth, even if they're low risk, etc. So it feels like the the real conversation doesn't happen because the divide between birth, the right way to birth mm-hmm. is so. And, and I would say it's, you know, I hate to use the word culture war, but you know, I think uh, a lot of midwives and things are also like, you need to give birth naturally at all costs, yeah. but at all costs, like at the cost of, having postnatal depression or not bonding or your Mm, life. Exactly. Um, I think, you know, when it's interesting when they say we need to bring the rates down, that sounds like a lovely magic wand solution, but it's like, what are all the other factors? Mothers are getting older, you know, there's so many factors as to why you mightn't be able to birth a baby naturally. I just don't know how, it's not like just saying you need to stop doing that um, because (laughs) that is in multitudes and I I just don't know how. Well, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of treating a cohort as as one, really, aren't you? When you're, yeah. when you're talking about that judgment, all yes. these all these different people have different stories and different reasons and different advice. Yeah. And as a as a as you know as a civilian, we don't know. No. We don't know. We trust our obstetricians. That's right. And, and it seems like uh, the private sector seems to be pushing more towards yes. cesareans. Yeah. Uh, it's just what I've picked up myself. Mm. Uh, but you know, we're not qualified. No, I'm not going to go yeah. into, I'm not going to go and tell a mechanic how to fix my car. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure there are a few people who would, though, right? <laughs> oh, sure. I was yeah. going to say a few men, and yeah. then I went, "Pull it back, mm. Chef. Don't be rude." <laughs> In a moment, are Disney fairy tales sexist and old-fashioned, or just harmless make-believe? I was obsessed with Disney princesses. In the bunker, I realized I was a Disney princess. Disney lies to little girls. Actress Kristen Bell caused controversy recently when she said she used Snow White to teach her children about consent. She's quoted as saying, Don't you think it's weird that the prince kisses Snow White without her permission? Because you cannot kiss someone if they're sleeping. It's not the first time Disney fairy tales have been called out for sending inappropriate messages to children, but of course there was a reaction with some saying to leave fairy tales alone. Also, we should add Kristen Bell has played a Disney princess and was a few people saying it's slightly hypocritical to use them in this way. Martin, do you think Disney fairy tales need to be called out for their sexism or should we just leave them alone because they're harmless fantasy? I think the world is changing right now. And uh, this is going to be one of the victims of it, I think. I think Disney, uh, yeah, I think they are sexist. I think they reflect the time that they were written in. The time is changing. Uh, I think we'll see uh, a new blast of fiction that reflects the time that we're moving into more of an equal time, which is what, what I believe is, is happening in the world. So what, how do you feel about your kids um, watching those fairy tales now? We're not a big Disney family, to be honest. Um, we generally watch stuff about aliens, which there's no gender. 
It's very straightforward. Nobody gets offended and uh, everybody's happy. What a, that's a great solution. Yeah. Animals and aliens, yeah. Animals and aliens. Kate, how about you? Oh, look, I had such um, big dreams before I had my first daughter. And I was a real tomboy. I didn't like Disney princesses. And I didn't like girly things. I loved animals. Didn't know about aliens. I should have got into that. Uh, and, of course, the universe then um, handballed me the girliest girl you've ever met <laughs> in your life that could not be dissuaded from wearing... F- you know, flam- highly flammable pink princess dresses everywhere. I don't know, even know where she got half of them because I was not buying them. Like this, 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 this stuff, I couldn't hold back, man. It was like, a, you know, it was like the ocean. Uh, so I succumbed, <laughs> like the wonderful parent that I am. Um, and yeah, look, some of them are terrible. Uh, but what I would say is you've got to differentiate between old Disney and new Disney. So Snow White, as Martin said, it's a product of the time it was made in. It's kind of sweet and kind of creepy. Um, same with Sleeping Beauty. Uh, one thing I know, one thing I really didn't like too is older women in those stories are always evil. They're all evil, aren't they? And they're they? always jealous of the beautiful young women. And that kind of freaked me out. Because uh, we're old women. Yeah, right? that's right. I'm like, that's <laughs> me. I'm not an old woman. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's the beard. That's right. Sorry. Um, Oh, sorry. It's radio. Um, But New Disney is great. Like, Frozen is like a great feminist um, love story. The the love story in that is the love between two sisters. It's great. And And Moana. Moana. Oh, I love Moana. I love that. Brave is awesome. And Brave. Yeah. So, um, look, the, the interesting story, though, is Girly Girly Girl is now... Um, 11. Um, her hero is Wednesday Adams. She only wears black. <laughs> she just cocks an eyebrow at me like, Ugh. and And she's kind of looked back at this Disney stuff and actually said, oh, that's kind of messed up. Mm. And I'm like, that's awesome. Not, it was no long-term strategy by me, but it, it turned out okay. The irony is her sister was born, really couldn't care less about that stuff. So I thought I, that didn't provide an answer at all, did it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Be lazy and let them watch Disney. And they'll turn out fine. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Well, speaking as a parent who let my daughter watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles way too early in her childhood and probably scarred her for life, I think there are worse mistakes you could make. Totally. Do your <laughs> kids still love pizza? Oh, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> there is an episode, though, where the pizza turns into a mutant pizza well, no. and tries to <gasps> kill the turtles. Oh, that's like, Honestly, I don't want the, to see that. The mutants in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle give me nightmares. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> why do I admit all my parenting fails on air? Oh, I love know. it. That's why we love you. Oh, yes. Just look here for reassurance that you're doing better. (laughs) You're not doing as bad as you think. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Kate Brown, Managing Editor at finder.com.au and comedian and radio radio presenter Martin Henschian. Our last topic in just a moment, it's Grandparents' Day. What are your best memories of grandparents? That's tomorrow. Then that's not a moment to lose, Charlie. Wash your face, comb your hair, scrub your hands, brush your teeth, blow your nose. Get that mud off your pants. No, we must all try and keep very calm. Who is going with Charlie to the factory? I will. I take him. You leave it to me. Grandpa Joe seems to know more about it than we do. Provided, of course, he feels well enough. Yippee! (laughs) That's a grab from perhaps the most fun 
grandparent of old oh. Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate so Factory. Gorgeous. Oh, this is amazing. Um, so this Sunday is Grandparents' Day. And I'm wondering, Martin, what are the best memories you have, either of your own grandparents or memories perhaps that you're making now with your parents or your partner's parents with your children? Okay, so um, when I grew up, when I was uh, a kid, I had no granddads. They, they died in traditional grandfather fashion in Ireland. Uh, I was the youngest grand, grandkid of, uh, on both sides of the family. Um, so I, my, my mum's uh, mum, uh, she lived until I was about six, uh, generally we didn't do anything together. Uh, she generally sat around either drinking tea or brandy. <laughs> and uh, we'd just hang around and sit around watching. And that was that was fine. It was, there was a gooseberry bush out the back garden as well. Uh, we'd go out and uh, hurt ourselves on that. And then my other grandmother, um, she was in bed uh, when I came along and stayed in bed for the next 22 years. <gasps> Wow. Uh, she got up one year, uh, I think for a cup of tea again. We'd, there was always a priest in the house as well, and he was often drunk. Oh, my Lord. So th- and that was normal. That's right. what I consider normal grandparenting. Okay. Yes. So every bit of grandparenting I've seen since then is just weird. <laughs> I, see, I see them out walking with children, playing with children. It's like, what are you doing? Where's your cup of tea? Where's the brandy? Where's the brandy? Where's the priest? Where, where's, where's the priest? Why are you out of bed? Oh, my Actually, goodness. Actually, the priest, you can go away. That's fine. <laughs> Back to bed. I think we have to rent you a grandparent. You know, apparently you can do that. For myself or for my kids? For you. I, 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 I do mean, I don't know how your children are going, but you, I think you need one. You I need do, better experience. I do desperately. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be alive or anything, you know. Oh. <laughs> no. I, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't actually make a difference. From what your experience <laughs> from was. From my experience, yeah. Oh, dear. Kate, can you improve on that for <laughs> Martin? <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't. <laughs> My experience isn't much better, to be honest. Um, Oh, dear. Backtracking. I'm the youngest severely not planned child in my family. I rocked up eight years after my the youngest child in the family. And my mother was um, in her late 30s when she had me and her mother had had her when she was 40. So we have this crazy situation where I had cousins who had kids who were older than me. Um, and my my dad's mum died before I was born as well. And um, so <laughs> the only one, I, I, I had one granddad um, who... Also, he just drank a lot of beer and yeah. muttered and smoked ciggies. Yeah, I have no idea what granddad's doing. Yeah, do. I don't know. He sat in a chair. Yeah. And um, the only thing is, though, um, my granddad did remarry a fabulous. So I had a step-grandmother who was fabulous. I'm hoping she's not listening because she's still alive. But um, she looks a bit like Jamie the Average. And she wore lots of sparkly jewels and had fabulous huge hair. And um, she was really cool. She was yes. really fun. Uh, and, and and her thing was letting us go through her jewellery collection. Oh, my God. And she had one of those lamps, those fibre optic lamps. It, like, changed to oh rainbow colours. Oh, my Lord. And, I love those Yeah. Things. She, she was the personification of over the top. Um, and, well, she is. Sorry. Sorry, Joan. Is. Um, and. And so that that was cool, but like Martin, I'm a bit um I'm a bit not. I, I see these grandparents out doing stuff with their grandchildren. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, I'm I'm obviously going to have to stand in for the grandparents, uh-huh. yeah. the awesome grandparents of the world, yeah, and share my memories. So my nan and pop on my. Uh, father's side lived in the country in Mudgee, and they had a veggie patch out the backyard. Pop had this. 
big belly and my best memories of him is he'd have naps in the afternoon and snore like a bear. <laughs> but they also kept lots of comic books and stuff for the kids and my nan made the best fig jam you'll ever mm. taste. Like big blobs of fig jam with stacks of sugar in them. Yum. It was like eating candy. And, oh, sorry, did I say candy? Halloween's obviously too soon. Lollies. It was like eating a lolly. Um, and my Nana Oak, used to, you know, she used to give us, that was on mum's side, ginger snap biscuits and stuff like that. But I've got to say that my, I have to have a shout out because I haven't been able to do this yet for my own parents and my, um, on my in-laws side. Those uh, sets of grandparents are hugely influential, influential for my children. So my parents look after a child practically every day of the week. There's three of us kids. They've got six grandkids. They have looked after all of those children at some point. Wow. So they've been like full-time care, like a caring center in that sense. Oh. All of the children have really close relationships with both of them. And for, on my side, we have a nonna and we had a nono who's no longer around, but my kids still talk about him like he's alive. Like this six foot Italian Herman Munster, like incredible man. So these are the memories that I, I, again, like I have a few memories of my grandparents, but my children, I feel like I watch them. And again, it's, it's a different generation. We're different parents to what our parents could be, but the grandparents, the amount that they some choose to do and can do. It, I can just see the memories they're creating now. It's incredible. Well, I, I can really um, see it with, with my kids and their grandmothers. Um, they've got four grandmothers, oddly enough. No, yes. no, no granddads. Wow. Grand, granddads wow. died awesome. uh, around about the same time. Um, and Nana Mick is my mother-in-law. Uh, she is the twin sister who is Nana Jan. Oh, <laughs> And then she had a partner, so Wendy. Cute. So she was Nana <gasps> Wendy. And then there's my mum who's uh, Grammy Ireland. Grammy oh. Ireland? Oh, I love it. What yes. an abundance of grannies. How yes. brilliant. So uh, Nana Mick comes down quite a bit uh, and she is amazing. Our house is tidy for ah. a week. It's phenomenal. Amazing how much they help oh, you my just God. at adulting, right? Oh, no. It's unreal. Yeah. Like maybe I haven't learned properly yet. We, we were clinging onto her leg as she's walking <laughs> out the door going, you can't leave us. You can't Don't leave go. us. No. Oh, my God. You've had a lot of uh, female influence in your life. Yes, I have. You, yeah, absolutely. This must be why you're so evolved. Oh, my. <laughs> so lovely. Nobody has ever called me evolved before, so I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. The beard's pretty evolved. <laughs> Sorry, it's radio. That's, that's pure neglect. Now, we, pure we'll neglect. make sure everyone, you'll have to come and um, visit online and check out, because we're going to go and take a photo now so you can check out Martin's very impressive Ned Kelly beard. Please don't ever lose that beard. It's two and a half years old. Wow. wow. Yes. Does that mean you haven't cut it at all in two uh, and a half years? I haven't touched it. Do you hide things You don't in it? wash it? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> do? I hide myself in it. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't see this, uh, but oh. I can make my face disappear. <laughs> We're going to put a photo of that online oh, too. Oh, that's a great we have, to, have you read the twits? Uh, I'm reading it at the moment with my uh-huh. daughter Hazel, yes. Right. So yeah. do you do that? The, the twits, the Mr. Twit always mm. used to hide food in his beard to eat later. I, not intentionally. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I, have, I hide food in my beard. I'd say I find food in my beard. I saw someone keeping playing cards in his beard recently. Genius. He just tucked them in there and, and it was that, a similar beard to yours, Martin. I was very impressed. Was Useful. I've, I've totally gone off topic. <laughs> I, I actually meant to wrap up the show, but I just got sidetracked by your beard. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, it happens to me as well. I can't get angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. It's been such a pleasure to have you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. That was Kate Brown, managing editor at finder.com.au and comedian and radio presenter Martin Hensham.
You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.